Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who is a New York-based actor and musician, has performed all around the globe, regionally, off-Broadway, and across Europe. Outside of musical theater, he enjoys writing music and playing several instruments, including guitar, piano, mandolin, and stand-up bass. He has appeared on Off-Broadway in The Office, a musical parody, West Side Story, Little Woman, Jersey Boys, Rent, Ghost, Smoke on the Mountain, and the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. He'll be appearing right here on Long Island this coming Saturday as the internationally acclaimed hit theater show, The Simon and Garfunkel Story, will stop by the NYCB Theater at Westbury, New York during its coast-to-coast U.S. tour. The immersive concert-style theater show chronicles the amazing journey shared by the folk-rock duo Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel. It is a pleasure to welcome the man who takes on the role of Art Garfunkel, Andrew Wade, to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure. So, first and primarily, we are a sports show, so let's talk a little sports before we get into your acting career. Growing up in Mountain Lake Terrace and later in Portland, Oregon suburbs, you were a pretty good baseball player and a huge Mariners fan. And we're talking back in the day when the M's had Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, and Ken Griffey Jr. That's right. The miracle ride of 95. Yeah. So what are some of your fondest memories of that team? That that year, I had the, had it all on VHS. My oh my, they put together a whole uh, a whole greatest hits that year, you know, and it was amazing to watch uh, Griffey and and A Rod as a rookie and Joey Cora and all those guys, Edgar Martinez, Tina Martinez, Jay Buhner, Bone, you know, all that stuff. Norm Charlton out of there, out there too. Wow, one of yeah. the, the one of the Reds' bad boys. That's right. He played with That's the Mariners right. back then. Unbelievable. So growing up, when did your dream shift of becoming a baseball player lead? to wanting to become an actor and musician? I kind of shifted around when I was about 16 or 17 years old. Um, uh, Baseball season was at the same time as the musical would go on during high school. And I took a chance and auditioned for the musical that year. I had done some non-musical theater, uh, but never musical theater. And they were doing My Fair Lady that year. And I wanted to play Freddie Einsford Hill. So I went out for it and I got the role. And I guess the rest is history. If I hadn't gotten that role, I would have stayed playing baseball. Right. So, you know, baseball, we mentioned those three players, you know, Griffey Mm -hmm. and Martinez and Randy Johnson. As Mm -hmm. a kid, who did you look up musically to and also as an actor? Who were some of the the early influences on you that you you admired? Musically, early in my life was the Beach Boys. Funny enough, like way before my time, right? But uh, it, it, it was the first CD I ever owned was was the Beach Boys' greatest hits. It was given to me by my uncle, who was also a great guitarist. Um, so they were, they were a big influence in my life, especially the harmonies and that sort of thing. I had also had Simon and Garfunkel in my life, although I wasn't as, as entrenched in them as I was in the Beach Boys. Um, as far as the acting side of things went, uh, I, really, I really was so brand new at that time. I didn't follow acting that much as a child. I really was so into sports, the Seahawks and the Mariners especially. Interesting. So one of the favorite questions we've gotten to ask former athletes over the many years of the show mm-hmm. is about their various firsts, first games, first wins. What do you remember mm-hmm. about your first professional audition? <laughs> Nerve-wracking. <laughs> I was so nervous, having never uh, really experienced that before at all, having to sing in front of people outside of just for fun and just for, you know, church choir and whatever. 
Uh, it was it was horribly nerve wracking. My knees were shaking the whole time, and I, I knew they were shaking, and I couldn't stop them, and they just kept shaking. Uh, but you know, it was good good to get that get that uh, out of the way and and start to learn how that works in the audition room. And then carry that a step further. What do you remember about your first professional opening night and when the curtains opened? Oh, the rush that you get is just it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I guess it would be like anyone's first time. Uh, doing anything except that it's just you are burying yourself to all these people who you don't know, and it's it's just a huge rush. Um, the nerves, you try to use those nerves to really enhance your performance and, and really share that story with the audience. So you described that rush. Obviously, you played athletics. Is it the mm-hmm. same, like, individually, let's say in baseball, hitting a home run or making a great play in the field, that rush you feel – you know, that's an instant rush, you know, because especially baseball, exactly, it, it, yeah. it's not sustained. It's play to play. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in theater, is that rush from the time the curtain opens to the time, you know, the end of the standing ovation at the end of the show? Is it and how do you maintain even keeled not to the, the adrenaline must be unbelievable, hard to contain? It's it's a lot of fun, especially depending on the show you're doing and the role you're playing. But what it is, you get to ride those highs and those lows that go along with your character and with the music. Um, like you mentioned in baseball, it, it, I mean, the height of those rushes is, is very similar to, you know, making an over-the-shoulder diving catch, you know, like Willie Mays in, in, in the, in the uh, middle outfield or hitting a home run or something like that, um, those highs. But then you ride the lows as well, and you try to tell the story as best you can and, and just, you know, be, be true to the character and be true to the story and tell it as honestly as you can and have that interaction and that that give and take with the audience as well. So this role, I have to imagine, the casting for the Simon and Garfunkel story had to be different from the others you've gone on because I think chemistry is always a factor in you know putting a play together and putting a cast together. Certainly. But when you play one half of a, a duo that you know are just synonymous with perfect harmonies, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of attention had to be paid to how you would pair with whoever would play Paul. So how did this audition differ from others that you've gone on? Well, it was interesting because we spent a lot of the time. So we did the initial audition. I did the initial audition. They called me back. I sang again for them, sang some other uh, songs as well. And uh, they called me back again. And at that third callback, there were about six or seven people in for Art Garfunkel and six or seven in for Paul Simon. And we spent a good five or six hours um, singing through, you know, two songs over and over again, mixing and matching and mixing and matching and making a cut here. Some people go home, keeping three or four, mixing and matching again, uh, doing um, Sound of Silence and, oh gosh, I can't even remember the other one. Oh, The Boxer. Uh, and we did those for several hours uh, before they narrowed it down to one or two people for each role. So, you know, also, I have to think that it, it's extremely challenging to play one half of the most famous rock, you know, duos, folk duos of all time, mm-hmm. because you know I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the show Saturday, and you know having heard those songs so many times, you know each and every note, inflection, you know guitar, Certainly. you know is ingrained. So I, I know that you guys are not trying to recreate it perfectly, but is there a little bit of nervousness knowing that 90% of that audience knows every single inflection that Paul and Art had over the years? You know, um, initially, yes. Uh, George and I have been doing this together now for about four months uh, on the road since September. 
and those nerve that specific type of nerve has has settled down and it's it's fine something that really spoke to me and something that i do a lot is research these people especially when you're portraying a historic person that existed and still does exist uh in history because i watched a lot of interviews with him and i really just tried to find who the man is more than even just who the performer is and something that he said in the interview really spoke to me and has really helped in my performance uh he was asked, I don't remember, it might have been Andy Williams asking him or something. Uh, they asked him, when did you first know that you had, like, something special vocally, that you were, you had a gift to share with the world? And he said, Art said, when I was four or five. And that really struck a chord with me because it, that, that's someone who has never in their life doubted that this is what he was meant to do and that when he opens his mouth and goes on stage that people are going to listen and that he can enjoy that, and he can enjoy the energy they get back and share his gift with people. And so it's part of like getting into that mentality, uh, portraying that character, and having that mentality also. So that's a mentality that I've tried to incorporate into my thoughts as I'm on stage and that sort of thing um, that combats all those sort of uh, nerves that happen with, with people who have grown up with this music, that this is the music of a generation, you know, and is still relevant today. Yeah, it's so interesting you mention that because over the course of, of the years of doing this show, we've had many performers from Broadway, uh, especially from the new wave of shows. We've had Richard Blake, who uh, plays Tommy DeVito mm -hmm. in Jersey Boys. We had, yeah, yeah. We've had Josh Segura, who plays Emilio Estefan, and just recently, mm -hmm. Ephraim Skies, um, who plays David Ruffin in Ain't Too Proud. And we asked them also mm -hmm. about the preparation and, and how they immerse themselves in that character. But not only that... You know, I understand that you've watched all this video. How much have you immersed yourself in the time period that Simon and Garfunkel came to prominence? Because that's also a big part of who they were and, and how they spoke to a generation. Oh, it's a huge part, and it's a huge influence on the music that they wrote because a lot of their music was socially driven, you know, with, with the race wars and with Vietnam and all that going on in the, uh, in the 60s and 70s, specifically before they split up and then got back together. Uh, Paul Simon, being one of the great songwriters of all time, uh, really used that social turmoil to speak to the to the youth specifically of that generation and to tell their story within that. It's really important to to recognize all that and 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 we have that within our show in a really wonderful way. We have these projections behind us during the concert style uh, performance, and it it really it helps tell the story of that era as well, along with um, you know the free love movement and everything. Through, through their rise to prominence and superstardom. What's been the biggest challenge for you for this particular role, <laughs> and how, does, how did this challenge differ from other challenges you've had with other roles? Well, the biggest thing is when it's someone whose voice is so iconic, finding that place where you can uh, create their sound but do it in a healthy way and do it in a way that the audience responds to. And so actually the really the hardest thing for me, George and I, George, who plays Paul Simon, we clicked so easily. The harmonies fell right into place. It was, it was quite simple feeling for the both of us. But Bridge Over Troubled Water was the hardest thing for me in rehearsals to really lock down and find, find the way to deliver that song in the right way. And I worked with Dean Elliott, who had, uh, put the show together and wrote it and all that sort of stuff. Um, and we worked together to create that that slow build throughout it and the lightness that is Art Garfunkel and the the uh, emotion and power that is in the end of it. You know, to really to really build that song and and not you really have to be careful not to make something your own, if that makes sense. No, I, I um, get it, especially with that. And, and really, 
pay homage to what was created by these legends and not put your own spin on it like you might with a fictional character that you're playing. You know, of all the shows that we had mentioned where they are stories of the backstories of various, you know, artists, the only ones mm-hmm. that actually had the people that were um, the play about be in the audience at one time was uh, Josh Segura with Emilio mm-hmm. and Gloria Estefan. Have you guys had the opportunity, or do you know if you will have the opportunity for Art and Paul to take in this show? And has there been any interaction with the this the duo, right? With the right. There has not, to my knowledge, as of yet. Of course, with all the rights and stuff, that's all been handled through Paul Simon and his team um, with regards to the show, but. Uh, they have not seen the show, to my knowledge, and I'm not sure that they have plans on it, although that would be an absolute dream to uh, to meet the two of them. It's they, they, You know, going into this, I probably knew about a third of the songs we do. We do 31 songs on the show, wow. and uh, probably wow. knew about 10 or 11 of them, the big ones, you know. Uh, but just having the opportunity to learn this music and to learn about these, these two guys who are both both philosophers and poets and really thinkers and in-depth people that have really a lot to say and share. They just they just seem like wonderful, wonderful guys at the end of the day, and I'd love to meet them at some point, but we'll see. I know Hopefully before it's too late, you know. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> in the play Beautiful, Carol King once took in the show, and I, rem- mm-hmm. I, I don't remember who was playing her at that time, but she said it was the most nerve-wracking moment in her, her mm-hmm. entire career. If Paul and Art happened to take in a show, would you want to know ahead of time or afterwards? Yeah, you know, probably afterwards. I mean, if I'm being honest, it'd probably be easier to know afterwards. Um, although I, you know, you try to give the same performance no matter what's going on, whether it's a 200-person theater or a 2,000-seat venue. Um, but I'm sure that would play a little in the back of my mind at, at some level. But, you know, you just try to give the same performance whether or not they were there. So, you know, we've always had our favorite questions to ask athletes. These are two of the, our favorite questions we love okay. to ask actors. If you could play any role in any film in the history of movies, what would it be <laughs> and why? Andy Dufresne. And why? Andy Dufresne. Oh, because oh, it's just one of my favorite films. I think his, him and Morgan Freeman's, uh, well, Tim Robbins, not Andy Dufresne, of course, and uh, Morgan Freeman's chemistry is just wonderful. I think it has such a wonderful story. The the suspense is beautiful. I don't know. It's just one of those movies that really has grabbed me my whole life. It's always been a top five film of mine. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That that film just speaks to me in a certain way. Get busy living or get busy dying, you know? Wow. All right, same question. A role on Broadway. What would it be and why? Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> tough. Uh, my goodness. I guess I'd have to say... Uh, Tony in West Side, uh, currently on Broadway or ever? Ever. Is the question. Ever, okay. Probably Tony in West Side Story would be either that or Mark Cohen in Rent. Those are two of the, my most favorite roles I've ever played, and I'd love to do them uh, for the masses. So you know, those two that you just mentioned, obviously they, they did Rent live on TV last year, mm-hmm. and they're remaking the movie West Side Story. Are you they are. Are you looking forward to the remake of the movie, or certain things should just be left the way they were? You know, that's always a difficult question, you know, because obviously any time that someone's creating something and you're not involved in it, they have their own vision of what it is, and they're going to make it how they want it. I think any time that we're sharing musical theater with the general population, it's a good thing, 
regardless of, of whether or not it's, at the end of the day, something I think is fantastic, if that makes sense. I think it's good to expose the general public to, to an art form that not a lot of them necessarily get to see on a regular basis. Totally agree with you. Andrew, thank you so much for your time tonight. I look forward to seeing you at the NYCB Theater at Westbury this Saturday. There's still good seats available on the Internet. Um, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, find me on Instagram at Andrew in Real Life. Nice. All right, Andrew, thanks so much for your time, and look forward to seeing you Saturday. Thank you. Looking forward to it as well. You Have got a great it. night. Andrew Wade, who portrays Art Garfunkel in the Simon and Garfunkel story. As I mentioned, good seats still available at the West, uh, NYCB Westbury, uh, I call it the music fair. That's how far back I go.